0: Meanwhile, the federal budget will be released next week. April 7th is the date. Uh, a newly released Ipsos poll out this morning shows that defense spending uh, is a budget priority for only 11% of Canadians. Just 11%. Nonetheless, um, since the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, there has been a renewed focus on Canada's defense capabilities, spending, and promises to spend more. From politicians, at least uh, the Prime Minister saying an increase uh, to 2% of GDP, which is the agreed-upon NATO obligations, and we have some work to do to get that high. Now, it won't be cheap, but is it possible? Can it be done without completely derailing things? We're going to find out. We're going to chat now with Trevor Toom. Trevor, of course, an associate professor at the Department of Economics at the University of Calgary. Uh, Trevor, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time, as always. Hang on a second. I need to push the button. I forgot to push the button. Hi, Trevor. I apologize. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) No problem. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, First of all, let's talk about this. You know, when we talk about going up to 2% of GDP, meeting the NATO Mm -hmm. obligations, where are we now? And what does that mean in terms of actual dollars and cents? I mean, how big of a lift is that for Canada?
1: Great question. So it looks like for this past year, 2021, Canada spent about 1.4% of its GDP on the military. Just in raw dollars, that's about $34 billion for that year. And that is up from about the 1% level of GDP that we were at in 2014, okay, and uh, so all NATO members have committed to that 2% target, and when the Prime Minister was at the the leaders' meeting, I guess a week or two ago, they recommitted to it. And so I do expect to see something in the budget.
0: Uh, yeah, I think we, we'll have to wait and see exactly what it is. So if we go to 2%, and I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to happen necessarily in this budget, but right, uh, who knows, when we take a look at it, the first question is, how are we going to pay for it? And as you know, there's a lot of people saying, how are we going to pay for a lot of the things? that we expect to see uh, in this upcoming budget. So um, uh, the obvious response, and I hear it from people all day on the text line here, Trevor, is, well, that our taxes are going to go through the roof. That's the way you pay for these things, increased taxes. That's a possibility, right? Well, it is an
1: option, but not a not a necessary one and I, I agree with you we're not going to see a jump to two percent immediately. that would probably be just completely unwise and wasting the money if it was ramped up so quickly. It takes time to recruit and procure and so on and so forth. But if we gradually increased up to two and reach it, say, by 2028, which is where the Senate of Canada had a a recent report recommending that be the target. So we'd bump it up by about 0.1% per year for the next few years. You could make room for that with lower spending growth elsewhere. So you could grow federal program spending, excluding the boosted military spending, still by nearly 2% a year each year. So that's a slower pace of growth than the government is currently planning but that would accumulate over time and create the necessary room. Uh, taxes, you could do it um, if that was the preferred route, and it would be equivalent to about a, a one5 to 2% increase in the GST gradually phased in over time if that was the route that
0: uh, one wanted to go. So slowing down a bit on spending, uh, how much of an impact would that have on some of the programs do you think that we've seen promised in terms of this is going to be spent on this, that, and the other thing? How much of a scale back are you talking about here? Like, noticeable? Yeah. So this would be a scale back of maybe about a 1%
1: per year slowdown in in what is planned for growth. How that's done and which programs would uh, need to have some restraint applied to them, that would entirely depend and would depend on priorities. So if the government wanted to continue with its uh, planned rollout of newer programs or higher spending and existing ones, it could, if it wanted, say... um, increase the eligibility age for old age security. So that what we previously ratcheted that up to 67, the the new government in 2016 reversed that. That alone, moving from 65 to 67 starting next year, would basically cover about half of the military spending increase. And as populations age, I think this is something that we should, uh, or a conversation that we shouldn't shy away from.
0: Yeah, interesting. What about, um, you know, there's a school of thought, you just borrow the money, you know, just go deeper into debt. Is that a possibility? Would that make it, sense? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm
1: personally not uh, a fan of that, but the arithmetic is pretty clear. You could do it. It's a feasible option if a government wanted to do it. Yeah. So. We look at public finances as economists generally to evaluate sustainability by seeing whether the debt-to-GDP ratio is falling or not. And the federal debt-to-GDP, at least in their most recent uh, fiscal update, was falling gradually over time. So they have room to increase spending by approximately 1% of GDP and still not increase unsustainably, that net debt-to-GDP ratio. Uh, so that comes with risks. I'm not sure it's uh, wise,
0: but it's absolutely an option and probably one we would use in the short term. So, Trevor, when we take a look at this, I mean, so there's a multitude of ways they can do this, uh, all mm-hmm. kinds of different ways to get this accomplished. Um, I I thought this would be a window to sort of do this. I I was kind of surprised to hear only 11% of Canadians are all that interested in seeing defense spending go up to that 2%. Does that surprise you as well? It seemed like, you know, there was some momentum there, and that's why the government was willing to take this step. Well, it's been a long time since we've had defense spending at that
1: level. We've kind of fluctuated between 1% and 1.5% for the past quarter century so it's really not a conversation that we've really had uh, with Canadians or with the federal government and so it might take time uh, to lay out what the options are what the pros and cons are what that additional spending would actually mean mm-hmm. concretely in, in terms of the military and so I would I would suspect that as we start to seriously have this conversation, uh, that these numbers will change in terms of public support.
0: And the anticipation is we will get more clarity next week. I mean, that w- it will be in the budget in some capacity. We may not get the final numbers, but it will be uh, something that we're talking about, which, like you say, we haven't typically done before. Mm-hmm. I-, I think no question we're going to get something in-, in the budget. How
1: clear of a commitment it is is yet to be determined. But country after country after country in NATO, from Germany to Italy to Spain to Denmark, Netherlands, Poland—they're all ratcheting up their their military spending commitments. And Canada, only um, uh, only a week or two ago at the NATO heads of state and government meeting, did agree yeah. to accelerate efforts to reach that two percent goal. So I think we'll see something, if only just a, if only just a, a nod
0: towards right. moving in that direction. Okay, excellent, Trevor. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. You bet. My pleasure. That is Trevor Toom, who is an associate professor in the Department of Economics at University of Calgary. And yeah, we'll have to wait and see exactly what, um, what the situation is.